The Bloodied Condition, originally from 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons, is used to signify how a creature is faring in combat scenarios. A creature becomes bloodied when they reach half their hit point maximum, rounded down, which acts as a way of communicating the state of the ongoing battle of the opponent with the players. Telling the players the creature they are fighting is bloodied shows them how far along in the fight they are and whether they should be planning to retreat or going in for the kill. Today... We discuss a product that includes clever details and features to deliver a dynamic battle in your D&D game. Join us today as we talk Bloody and Bruce from our friend Ann Gregerson, a creator we have featured on our show multiple times. Hello and welcome to all of you here at Crit Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. We hope to inspire (laughs) you with creative content that you can bring with you on your next adventure. Now, let's get into it, shall we? The bugbear chief nurses a gushing wound in her side before issuing an order to retreat to her allies. A bright light forms around the angel's dying corpse, blinding everyone near as it passes on from the world of the living. With blood streaming down its torso, an enraged hill giant slams its fist into the ground and causes the very earth itself around it to quake. Absolutely. Bloodied and Bruised is a series providing new combat actions for creatures in the 5e roster. When pushed to their limits in combat, these monsters, critters, fiends, foes, gain new abilities that can aid them in the battle, or perhaps spell their doom depending on the circumstances. Bloodied and Bruised takes inspiration from the bloodied condition in 4e, making entirely new combat actions that are uh, that can completely change the nature and dynamic of the fight. In addition, Bloodied and Bruised also introduces several death throws into the game. Yes. <laughs> marking the demise of certain creatures with a grand explosion, heavy fall, or other unique effects to make the slaying of a great monster a truly unique experience. Or like, one, or like one from our video game, the NES era. <laughs> I, I was looking through a lot of the monsters. I got like four of them picked out. Mm-hmm. And some of the death throws I've seen are just... Not fair. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty hardcore. Now, if you're following us for the first time, um, thank you for joining us. And please take a moment to hit that follow or subscribe or whatever button, whatever platform you're following us on. If you're joining us again after continuing to join us repeatedly, thank you so much hey. for your time and yeah. your patronage. It really means a lot to us. Now, let's get into it. I am super excited to talk about this, you guys. We have picked several of our favorite uh, features out of this this product um but my my god and really knocked it out of the park with bloodied and bruised uh-huh. monster manual if you're watching on tiktok come and join us on youtube you can get a live feed as we're scrolling through this a little bit now the first thing I, I, we, we kind of talked about already fourth edition i know that some people dislike it because it's not a great D game but is a really great tabletop game they're nuts yeah 
And because of that, um, a lot of us that are writing D&D content have been taking a lot of inspiration from 4th edition because there was some things that it just did right. And one of those things, in my opinion, is the bloodied condition, and obviously Anne agrees. If you haven't followed Anne, she has made some amazing content. Gesh's Guide to Making Things, Monster Loot, Wanted Dead or Alive, Surviving the Apocalypse. So many, many great pro- products, which I think we've covered most of them on the show at some point. So make sure to... Uh, Follow the link in the dibbly-doo um, or on our website, on our blog for the Bloodied and Bruised show notes. So as you can see in here as we're scrolling through, this covers every monster in the monster manual. Now I do want to point out that there are some monsters that don't get bloodied features because they are likely to die in one hit anyway. Cool. So she just kind <laughs> of uh, went over those. But the vast majority of these have some fantastic... Oh, um, details. So, how about we uh, scroll through this massive list and pick out some of our favorites? Brandon, um, you now let's make sure it is clear that the bloodied condition, uh, as far as a mechanic, has actually been implemented in fifth edition and a couple monsters, but they don't give it a new condition. It's just a feature of the monster, which is, I think, them kind of playing with it. But yeah. that being said, oh, crap. <laughs> That being said, I'm not supposed to say that no more. I say it too much. Um, So there's a lot that gets added to this. I'm not going to go into the details of all the extra differences. Um, Death Throws is very much something that's represented in some creatures, such as the Mephit, and she talks a little bit about that, where it dies and they go kaboom. Um, She has added a variety of new features of that. So before we get into the specifics, what are some things that you guys thought just really stood out about this product? Well... I do think it adds uh, more dynamic options to combat, which is something that we've already harped upon. And let's be real here. A lot of players love combat. Fit four fifths of the rules of this game are about combat. Yes. <laughs> there's, there's no denying that. Uh, with the uh, product itself, I love the fact that all the monsters are in alphabetical order. Hallelujah. Not by CR or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Wizard, take note that she actually categorized the stuff. Um, better than I think Wizards of the Coast does, in my opinion, but that's just my, that's, that's Justin's opinion. So, uh, the layout of this book and the artwork, or the artwork and stuff looks really good. The fact that it's bloodied and bruised and you got, like, red blood splotches everywhere is on point. So, we had a few of the monsters of our own that we really wanted to talk about. I know that I did. Is there any ones you guys wanted to go to first before I move Uh, on to some of our specifics? I had four that I found. There's one I did want to look at, because I thought it was interesting. And there was one that I just thought was just unfair. Which is the, which one's that? Let's go look well, at that one. Uh, the unfair one's the Tarask. The Tarask. I think wow. they, uh, she may have made it accidentally a little stronger. In, in, accidentally, in a it's a Tarask. It's supposed to be terrifying. And let's, uh, page six nine. Well, let's page be real. Let's, let's be real here too. The Tarask needed help. <laughs> <laughs> it needed some rain shit. Is well, what it needed. Is that what she uh, gave it? I don't remember. It's down there. It is. There it is. All right. So so uh, why don't you tell <laughs> yeah. us a little bit about it? First off, when bloodied at a uh, three hundred thirty-eight HP, which is <laughs> which is ridiculous, hilarious. <laughs> uh, the Tarask has the following features: frailty, yes, chip shell. This is a. Can you tell for, us about frailty? This uh, frailty. Do you, do you know what the mechanic is? I do not know the mechanic. Basically, she added weaknesses to monsters. Yeah. When they're bloodied, yeah, which is what this is. This was. This definitely helps the uh, players to hit them. It's a chip shell. While bloody, the Tarask natural armor becomes damaged, lowering its AC by two. So I it does it. make it easier to hit. But, but it has the new ability, which is what I think is just not right. A new ability. It can't be killed. While bloodied, if the Tarask fails its saving throw against a spell or effect that would kill it instantly, such as a dis- disintegrate spell, uh, the spell or effect instead deals no damage. If the Tarask oh, loses shit. a limb or body part, the lost portion regrows in 1d6 minutes. Holy shit. 
detached pieces dies and decays normally. The Tarask is also immune to all diseases and curses. New ability, regeneration. While bloody, the Tarask regains 30 hit points at the start of its turn as long as it has 1 HP. The Tarask dies only if it starts its turn with 0 HP. Dude! And its strength. Uh, it gets increased speed while bloodied. The Tarask speed is 60 feet instead of 40. Dude, she totally just screwed over everyone that says, I can kill a Tarask with an Aarakocra with Eldritch Blast. Um, bitch, come here. Nom, 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 nom. That's what everyone says. <laughs> oh, I can just fly away and blast it repeatedly. And this kind of deals with it. <laughs> now, it's important to know, usually regeneration uh, stops when they take fire damage. Yeah. It doesn't say that. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, at all. Um, so that's terrifying. <laughs> like, how do you even beat it then? You gotta make sure it's at zero HP before the start of his next turn. Wow. So you have to continually do at least 30 points of damage or it'll just stay alive. Yep. That's savage. I like that. Now, yeah. let as cool as that is, let's talk about some monsters that are more likely to get some yes, love and engagement uh, the, the other in, one I was in the talking game. about was the Spectre. Do you my, know what page my, that is? It's uh, just above the next page. Uh, right there. Spectre. Because I like the Spectre. I like using it. It's fun. <laughs> Uh, Spectre what do you says, like about the Spectre? Um, the fact that it can raise dead around it. I think it does it turn the people it kills into them, or does it just right res them? I forgot. Uh, I can't remember if it's a Wraith or a Spectre that does that. Yeah, anyways, so what is the, this ghostly creature's powers? Alright, so the Spectre won't bloody at 11 HP. The Spectre has the following features. Frailty. Okay, so it's, oh, it's, uh, it's failed in defense. Torn shape. While bloody, the Spectre's speed is lowered by 10 feet. To a minimum of 5 feet, and its AC is lowered by 1. Of course, making it easier to hit, so... Uh, it's Death Throw. Death's Embrace. A cold wind gusts out from where the Spectre was, engulfing everyone nearby in a mournful embrace. Oh. Creatures within 10 feet of the Spectre, when it dies, must succeed on a DC 13 Wisdom save, or We're gain one gain level, of, level exhaustion. of exhaustion! I love it! What the guy fetch his sentence, man! <laughs> now, th th this is why I, I like the Spectre in this book, because, <clears throat> well, if you're not fighting one, well, if you're fighting three of them, and one character already has level exhaustion, that's potentially four levels in one fight. Yeah. Holy mm. shit, I love that. Ugh. That is, because by giving, if they fail this, and they get levels of exhaustion, anything left that they're fighting just got significantly harder to beat. <laughs> yeah. Holy crap, that is terrifying. And the Spectre's a relatively low uh, level monster, isn't it? Yep. The like what? The Gynasphinx? Um, so the Spectre is only a, a CR1, so if you sent eight of these at high level players and they failed their saving throw, <laughs> it could could cause them to die, which how humiliating would that be? Holy crap. That's terrifying. I love it. What about you, Ian? Well, needless to say, when we were talking about which creature jumped out at us, I went straight to orcs. <laughs> okay. Because of course I did. The plain little regular orcs, they become bloody when they're down to 7 HP. But, their trigger ability is Rush Attack. Yes! As a reaction, when first bloodied, they can run up to their speed and then make one melee attack without provoking opportunity attacks. Dude, she gave the orcs surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> Oh my gosh, I love this! Yeah. The Ward Chief. Blade at 46. New ability. Repositioning. What? 
As the bonus action when bloodied, the orc can command one of his allies to reposition. The creature can use its reaction to move up to its speed without provoking opportunity attacks. It too has the rush attack ability. My goodness, I'm pretty My sure goodness. this is going to be a common theme here. So, so, so uh, I have to ask uh, the audience, everyone that's in there. So far, what are your impressions of this? Because the goal is to make the the game more dynamic and engaging, and having uh, triggers and effects that go off the on somebody else's turn, which is kind of like what I like. Why I like legendary actions? This really takes to a next level. Andrew says. Uh, Spectres could also make the exploration leg uh, extra difficult. A haunted frozen mountain pass that keeps everyone exhausted? Oh, shit, time to get wrecked. <laughs> um, I think this is just great, and especially we see it with the orcs where um, they're getting their ass kicked, but they get an opportunity to go wreck some stuff before they die, because let's be honest, there's a long amount of stuff that can happen before their turn comes back around. So giving them that little extra oomph uh, is definitely a way, and it'll be a surprise to the player. I mean, could you guys imagine being level four and running into, you know, a horde of, like, six orcs, not thinking much, hit them, and then a, with a small, like, weak fireball, and then they all just rush. Yeah, like, all of them rush towards the wizard and just, boom, wreck him. Here comes the pain train, mother. Woo, woo! Woo, woo! I love it. Check it, check it. This is so far one of my 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 favorite... Products that we've covered because, once again, as a fan of Ward's Edition, I just love it. Um, but more importantly, the one thing that, you know, 5e arguably lacks is complex monsters. Now, that is a design decision because they want the DM to be able to easily run monsters. But this is something that you can easily toss. And you don't have to give every monster this. Maybe you want to set your uh, your orc uh, up as a squad leader, so maybe you give him the, the uh, or him or her the bloodied feature, right? So you got one orc that's basically the same as all those rest of them statistically wise, right? But they might have a di- slightly a different weapon uh, compared to the rest, and they're given orders, and then they have this ability. So I think it's a really great way to make monsters stand out, even if you want to include them, include them against higher players. Once again, orcs can can kind of go out of rotation pretty quickly. So giving a uh, at a higher level, against higher level party, being able to toss this feature in and toss a swarm of them at them will catch them by surprise because it won't be the orcs that they're typically used to seeing. <laughs> now, it, 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 if any time, if you, anybody in the audience has, or any of Crit Nation has a question, uh, drop it in the, the link below and uh, the, our producer will pop it up and we'll try to answer any questions you might have. Um, as we kind of, cool. what's the one? Uh, the Grey Ooze. The Grey Ooze? Yeah, Grey Ooze. Strength, bludgeoning, resistance. While bloody, the Grey Ooze is resistant to bludgeoning damage. Ooh. It makes you think that as you're hitting it, you're spraying ooze <laughs> around the walls and stuff, but as it gets smaller, it gets more compact and hard, so it's not taking as much hits from the bludgeoning. Let's look at uh, an iconic uh, monster. I'm a big fan of the Beholder. So let's take a gander at that. Well, no, most people don't really look at the look at the fight a lot of those monsters. I did what about a hill earlier. giant? We got a hill giant somewhere. Let's type this in. Hill giant. That was one that I think becomes pretty common yeah. uh, in battles pretty regularly. So the hill giant is a pretty cool one. At fifty uh, fifty two, it's bloodied. It gets frailty, frustrated. This is so on theme. For a hill giant, right? They're simple-minded. They'll get angry when things aren't going their way. So I also love that she really went on theme with these, and they're not out of 
Um, they're just not random things that the monsters can do, right? So the first one is frailty. Uh, frustrated. <laughs> the giant is frustrated by its injuries. At the start of each of its turns, it must succeed on a DT wiz- D10, uh, a DC 10 wisdom saving throw or attack whatever creature is closest to it. If two or more creatures are within the same distance of the giant, it chooses the target at random. So, so that not- could be allies. Yes. Yes, it could. <laughs> <laughs> just got you. And just start smashing wildly. This is very much giving the, hul- the, the, the hill giant a Hulk feel, right? <laughs> it gets down to halfway, and now it's just furious, and it starts slamming and bashing and beating whatever it can the whole time. Uh, next, we give it a new ability called Ground Smash. As an action, while bloodied, the giant can hit the ground at its feet, making the earth shake. Ooh, I, lo- I just love the feel of that. Um, each medium and sm- or smaller creature standing within 15 feet of the giant... When it hits the ground, must succeed a DC 16 deck save or fall prone. After using this ability, the giant can make a single attack as a bonus action. This is really cool. I think we have something similar in our Capes and Crooks where you can smash the ground and cause like a, a trembling cone effect, right? Um, and then they get to beat them. So for those you don't know, when you're prone, you are very weak because any melee attack has advantage on you. So if this thing is flailing out of control and batching the ground and making people fall down, all of the, I imagine the minions that are with him are going to, you know, beat them down. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we got a really good question from uh, Jeremy asking, how are goblins in this book? We'll get to that right after this, just for you, my man. <laughs> also cobalt. Second the goblin question. Also cobalt, yeah. Okay, so uh, death throws. Timber! How appropriate! The giant falls in a random direction, provided it isn't prone. Roll a d8 to determine which direction it falls. When it dies, the area where it lands becomes difficult terrain, and the giant takes up a 15-foot square space. Each creature standing in the air must make a DC 15 deck saving throw. On a failed, the dead giant lands on top of them. (laughs) The creature takes 5d6 bludgeoning damage, is knocked prone, and is restrained under the giant's body. The creature must use an action and 10 feet of movement on its turn and make a DC 17 strength athletics check, freeing itself from beneath the giant's crushing weight. If the creature succeeds on the dexterity saving throw, (laughs) it takes no damage and isn't knock prone, but is pushed five feet out of the giant's space. Um, A creature cannot uh, cannot move or chooses not to move, suffers the consequences of a failed save. How awesome is that, you guys? Very nice. I like. I lo- it makes me think of Fat Bastard. <laughs> <laughs> was that mini me he was going over top of? I or? think so. Oh my gosh. That's God, we're old. Goblins. Go to Goblin, Goblin, Goblin. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, what did you that. guys think about mm-hmm. the giant? What? Yep. The giant was pretty solid. Ha! <laughs> I like that. All right. Fuck. All right. And spoilers, as we said, there's some creatures in here that are just plain squishy. So the kobolds. They have that much because they're not going to be alive long enough for this to actually matter. And for the goblins, the goblins themselves, they have no blade features. Except for the goblin boss, who gets the hit and run ability at 10 HP. Oh, yeah. When bloodied, they can, the goblin boss can hit a creature with a melee attack, which doesn't provoke until the start of his next turn. Hmm? So, and, and, and Ian already pointed out some of the monsters that are just too weak don't get bloodied features because they don't last. But you can totally take one of these existing features and apply it to any creature. And I think that's 
where a DM is really going to get the most out of this book. For instance, we talked about the orcs. When they uh, they they entered bloody, they get to move and make an attack. You can easily give that to goblins or kobolds as well. Um, I don't, I think the gnolls actually have one. So the gnolls actually have one that you could apply to to goblins or kobolds yep. as well. And give my kobolds have like five HP. So yeah, they, yeah. Don't, they don't last very long. No. <laughs> Timber as a mechanic works well if your players decide to go lumberjack and fell trees for the wood. Yep. <laughs> so we're Andrew has already included that. Hey, this effect can be applied to something else that's not a monster, an environmental effect, which I think is great. Um, I do think, uh, so I mentioned the, the, the null here, um, because I think this one could technically be applied to other ones if they survived, mm-hmm. um, which is sprint, uh, sprint, uh, or strength sprint attack when bloodied, it moves up to 20 feet in a straight line and then hits a creature with a melee attack. The attack deals one extra die of damage. So that actually is stronger than the orc one, isn't it? All right. Did you want to see a, a dragon? Let's see, let's see a dragon. Let's see a dragon. Ah, yes. Dragons are indeed being requested. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> well, that works then, it doesn't is it? Dungeons and Dragons. Let's start with a smaller, weaker dragon, like a Wormling. That way we can see how it goes. So let's start with a Wormling. So 84 hit points, it gets bloodied, recharges breath. Yeah. Free roll, baby. I love it. Yep. Young Silver Dragon. Breath, weapon, ability is recharged. Just and then regardless. gets a new ability. No ability, bite back. While bloodied, if a creature misses the dragon with a melee attack, it can use its reaction to make a bite against the creature. Like you missed. Oh, Oh, that's good. What do we got here, Ian? Protector of the small. While bloodied, the dragon can protect a smaller creature within 10 feet of it from the attack that would hit it. As a reaction, the the silver dragon can add 4 to a medium or smaller creature's AC against one weapon attack that would hit it. Note how it says weapon attack. To do so, the dragon must be able to see the attacker and be able to move. I like this. And then we've got... So this is... So another thing that... uh, We we talked about she added some new stuff. Some of the monsters have triggered abilities, right? So it's something that happens when a specific condition is met. This is when it's bloodied, but only that one time, right? Mm -hmm. So when first bloodied, the dragon can use its reaction to make a claw attack against a creature within range. So it can only get it once. And there's a lot of different varieties of triggers that are pretty good. Um, And obviously these sorts of uh, abilities kind of scale... Uh, fling is a popular one I've seen among the bigger dragons, where they can just replace their claw with fling and start tossing the player characters <laughs> in all directions, which I think is just awesome and on point. Uh, and looks like they also get one called heavy steps. So while bloodied, a dragon moves at least twenty feet. It doesn't leave the ground uh, and doesn't leave the ground. It can replace its bite with heavy step attack. Basically, it's trampling you. <laughs> can potentially knock you prone and stuff like that. Looks like we got another one asking about oozes before yes, we yeah, move uh, on. We'll do one two, more. Two for oozes. Did we? We did touch on the news, didn't we? We can. We can. Uh, see, we, let's go to the the legendary gelatinous one, huh? The gelatinous cube. When bloodied at twenty-two hit points, it gains the following features. Well, once again, bludgeoning resistance. Well, bloodied resistance to bludgeoning damage. So, what other features does the uh, gelatinous cube have without that? I guess. Because resistance it is has that uh, acidic ability, or whatever it is. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it basically yeah, it just gives it resistance to bludgeoning, which means it can't beat be beaten to death. Yep. By more mundane ways, which is which is fine. I would say of the ones I've seen, this one's probably yep. the least exciting, but it's still on theme. No, no, the how it says bludgeoning damage, not piercing or slashing. No, no, no. 
just says bludgeoning, period. So even if you're using a magical weapon. Oh, it doesn't say non-magical. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. They said the black pudding ooze, Gallus cube, they both have the same. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. The so gray ooze. The, yeah, the, same. the ochre jelly's different. No, no, it's not. So nope. that's a pretty standard one across those uh that theme of monster, I think. Yep. Um so looks like we're just about out of time here. For the main um, topic. At for least. our main topic at least, before we move on to bringing you some under tips and tricks. Sexy. Um overall, what is your guys' um thoughts and feelings about this? I like it. More fun combat. <laughs> and that's something that really just makes the game better. Now, it is worth noting um, that uh, this will make the combat a little more challenging to run as the Dungeon Master, because you're going to have more things to pay attention to. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so just keep that in mind. <laughs> um, but overall, I'm really impressed by this. I like the layout. I like the artwork. Um <laughs> The features are definitely a lot of fun. Um, some of them are really complex, while others are a little more uh, simplistic. But I think that it fits. Zombie. Like zombie. Let, we got to talk about zombie for a second. So it has new ability, sluggish bolting. Those kind of don't fit. So when bloodied, there's a 75% chance the zombie becomes sluggish. And there's a 25% chance that it becomes bolting. If it becomes sluggish, it moves slower. But if it becomes bolting, it can take the dash action as a bonus. Can you imagine a random zombie just starts dashing around <laughs> around after everybody? As written, couldn't have both at the same same time? <laughs> well, you only get bloodied once, right? Alright. So it says while you're bloodied, you only have one of these. So it's that's all mixed uh Dawn of the Dead Zombies with World War Z. Yeah, that's kind of ah! that's kind of going. I like that. But because it's random, if you've got a, a pack of these zombies, like ten of them, they're all going to behave differently. And it's going to be random. They might all be and really fast. They might be all really slow. Even the DM won't know because it's random. Though obviously 75% chance it's more likely to become slow. Yeah. But, uh, alright. So I think that will do it for our main topic today. Um, before we move on to our honor tips and tricks, this episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Ho, 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 gentlemen. The holidays came early here at Crit Academy thanks to Manscaped. The leading men's hygiene brand, Manscaped, just launched new products, including their all-new Ultra Premium Body Wash and 2-in-1 Shampoo and Conditioner. It's time to give yourself, or someone who needs it, the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and balls this holiday season. Go to Manscaped.com and use, uh, use promo code CRIT for 20% off and free shipping. Manscaped is going beyond the, the groin with their new premium <laughs> body wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, fresh, and moisturized. Aloe vera. I guess you would need the aloe vera that offset the sea salt. <laughs> <laughs> they are also just launched a new 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients and benefits that include hydrating, mm. nourishing, and conditioning the scalp, and... Strengthening your hair at the same time. <sighs> okay. <laughs> Untrimmed Fuebus are a thing <laughs> of the past, and it's possible you have Santa's beard in your pants. <laughs> Inside the performance package 4.0, uh, you'll find the signature lawnmower. TM. 
4.0 trademark. <laughs> this electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin safe PM technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. Roll a nat 20 this holiday gift giving season and get 20% off and free shipping with promo code CRIT at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. I feel like an infomercial. <laughs> I guess no. that's why they do it that way. That's 20% off with your free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code CRIT. Clean up your dice and satchel and make Santa proud this year. That's right. CRIT Academy is selling out. <laughs> we gotta pay the bills man oh man can i just say i love this thing uh i have not had any issues since i picked her up uh picked it picked it up face palms her up <laughs> face palms <laughs> i preferred to use it on my face and it's uh kept my beard going pretty good use that <laughs> everyone says uh we'll admit face. these uh fluffs are <laughs> Fluff-ups are what I love about the show. You're, well, thank you. Oh, that's funny. Future Manscaped bit. Nobody wants to floss with pubes. Keep your significant other happy with Manscaped. Oh, I love it. Let's save that for later. All right. How about we move on to our honor tips and tricks? Wise. <laughs> and now, what you've all been waiting for. Our Unearth Tips and Tricks segment where we bring you new and reusable material for both players and DMs. Taking <laughs> off our unearthed tips and tricks, we have our character concept. Yay! Belief Frost Outtail, female dwarf. Mm. Her skin has the orange glow of too much sun, which seems very much not a dwarf thing at all. So, <laughs> yeah, which tells you something about her. She dresses in colored shirts and wears a proper scarf over her head. She wears her white hair down. Her brown, unseeing eyes seem to look past you. Personality-wise, she has always had a great fascination with tabaxi culture. She's a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> she always tries to repair and not replace. This was the mentality that drove her into the animal trainer business. Nice. Interesting. She was a bastard bound out of an affair, and her mother always resented and mistreated her for it out of spite. Her parents have enrolled her in an adept school at a young age so she could practice her druidic talents. She hopes to save enough money to one day pay a cleric to cure her. <laughs> I'm, get I'm getting the impression from earlier and she says she's blind. <laughs> Maybe. Her unseeing eyes? Unseeing eyes is a good start, yeah. She has a passion for adventure and risk, and to reunite with her old friends. Because she can't find them? Because she can't see them? Oh no, that's so bad. <laughs> what do you guys think? Definitely a lot going on there. Oh, no wonder why she has no problem beating the sun. She can't see it. I'm going to burn in Avernus. So you're saying, according to Garwin, she wanted to put them tabaxi on their knees to do her bidding. Oh, God, dude. But, but just clicked with him. Yeah, I was a little slow on that one. All right, so I like this character concept. Pretty straightforward. NPC, player character, whatever you want. Take it with it. Go with it. Yep. Uh, our monster variant of the podcast is the Solar Method. Yeah. So, in order to build this bad boy, you're going to start with the Magma Method. The Lost and Changed Features, it's going to 
get rid of its evil alignment, false appearance, its breath weapon, and we're going to give it a new spell list, and its death burst does radiant damage instead of fire damage. The new spell list is dancing lights and light cantrip, and we're going to give it a new feature called solar flare. That sounds familiar. No, maybe. Yeah, it's <laughs> from Dragon Ball. Uh, when the method it hit points drop below half its maximum, huh? 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 Yeah. Yeah. It releases a flare of blinding light. Each creature within thirty feet of it that can see the method must succeed a DC eleven con save or be blinded. A creature can repeat the saving throw at the start of each of its turns. It and literally that's... is TN. You're well. Yeah, okay. I was actually not thinking TN. I was thinking curling because methods are really tiny and bald. So your shoulders not hurting, is it? Yeah. Why? Well, for when you reach around and pat yourself on the back. Oh, <laughs> 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 hey, hey guys! I just wanted to freeze out the solar flare, and then you hit me with the Trito disc. No, <laughs> no <laughs> failure. And then we're gonna give it one more feature: the radiant burst recharges on a six. The Mephit releases a burst of glowing celestial light in a 10-foot cube. Each evil-aligned creature must make a DC-11 constitution saving throw, taking 2d4 radiant damage on a failed save, or half as much on a successful one. Each good-aligned creature gains 2d4 temporary hit points that last for up to one minute. Yeah. What do you guys think of my my celestial Mephit elemental creature thing? I like radiant burst. That's pretty cool. It blinds! Bad for the bad for the bad, good for the good. Yeah. Oh, that's what happened to I, got, I do gotta tell you though, because you, you're saying you're saying Muffet. I keep hearing Muppet, and all I can hear is Elmo going, "Elmo's gonna punch you on the ground." <laughs> so, Elmo uh, go boom boom. So somebody <laughs> is saying, so why is it in a cube and not in a sphere? Because highly likely, whatever spell I mo- modeled after was a cube and not a square. And sure. <laughs> whatever. Sure. And when you play on a grid, it's gonna be a square anyway. Yeah. That doesn't matter, but I will fix the verbiage. <laughs> Minecraft. <laughs> Alright, so uh, I think that because cubes are a natural state of the universe. Garwin, you win the internet today with that one. I thought spheres. I don't know. Spheres and spirals are a natural state. You know what? Stop talking. You stop talking. Why don't talking. you tell us what our encounter is? Encounter. Anti-magic chamber. PCs enter a room with magical runes that generate an anti-magic field. The casters have to work to complete a series of skill challenges to dispel or interrupt the anti-magic runes. Additionally, these runes are guarded by mechanical traps, ones that make you lose your fingers. <laughs> so in addition to a skill challenge, fuck you. Forgot about that. So in addition to a skill challenge for the casters to overcome, the traps also have to be disabled before or during the disabling of the magical runes. As if the challenge wasn't enough, you want to include some sort of other hazard, monsters being the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. Uh, some other considerations is a ritual being completed, uh, maybe sacrificial, or an enemy is escaping, or kidnapping a hostage, or another trap that fills the area with poisonous Poison gas. Poison gas. Go with poisonous gas. I love poisonous, poisonous gas. gas. Or going off the Muppet theme, you have uh, Stetler and Waldorf heckling you guys. <laughs> <Pardon>. <laughs> This is a pretty straightforward encounter. Honestly, it's been sitting in my uh, brain box, like, written out for, like, seven months. So I figured I'd finally use it, I guess. Um, this is a pretty straightforward. Uh, I like Anti-Magic Field. you got to be careful not to be throwing this crap at your players too often. Yeah. Because it's almost like a uh, 
a cop out, right? And yeah. an easy way to win. So don't use it too much. If you're going to use it, as we mentioned, using it in a way where escape or or handling another thing besides just killing everything is a is an uh is the goal is going to be better because at least then when the wizard can't do nothing, he can still run over and help somebody or pull a lever. Or a uh, another way to uh, guard the anti-magic parts is fill the room with gas. Yeah, I like that. Because there's always some guy who, no matter how many times he says, everyone's like gas, they're going to cast fireball. <laughs> Kaboom, bitches. <laughs> uh, Garwin says, an anti-magic field is just a factone of magic in a single point. It's quite funny. Yeah. Do, do, do you get it? Anyways. All right, so that'll do it for our encounter, so the anti-magic chamber. Our magic item of the podcast is the Trident of the Tides. Now, I do have to say that this was made in response to a request from a one of our TikTok followers. So if you're not following us there, do it. I make stuff and take inspiration and build it for my audience. So uh, this magic item is a trident and is very rare and requires attunement. You can breathe air and water and gain a swim speed equal to your move speed while holding this trident. Well, that sounds very Aquaman-like. <laughs> the trident has 10 charges. While uh, wielding it, you can while wielding it, you can use an action to expend one or more of its charges to cast one of the following spells from it at a DC 15 or a plus 5 for attack. Control water, four charges. Shape water, one charge. Tsunami, 10 charges. A uh, watery sphere, four charges. Now tsunami, I'm pretty sure is a ninth level spell. It's uh, pretty It's up pretty there. up there, so that's a big deal. Now, the trident regains 2d4 plus 2 expended charges daily at dawn. If you expend the last charge, roll a d20. On a 1, the trident turns into coral and loses all magical properties. Ah, oh, cool. I like eighth that. Level. Every, every time we've done ones where it's like, oh, if you roll a d20 and lands on a 1, it breaks or it becomes not magical. This, it just turns into something else. That's just that's very thematic, too, though. Yep. People might say, oh, that's not useful no more, but you can still chuck a piece of coral at someone. I mean, how legendary would it be the guy that's you know saves the world with, with what, a coral trident? Yeah, he's the Aquaman. I love it. You got anything to add? Straightforward, effective, and uh, splish splash. Splish splash out. Now I want to take a bath. Anyways, so uh, Brandon, would you like to tell us about our dungeon master tip today? Holy shit! Every DM sucks. <laughs> what the fuck? Who sent this in? <laughs> from at Snicklesocks on Twitter. <laughs> That's new number. Every single DM sucked to begin with. Uh, don't judge yourself against the legends in our games. Take your time, research the best you can, and have a good time. Like every other skill, it takes time and mistakes to become awesome at it. Don't give up. You can do it. The Matt Mercer effect is a great example. Yep. And don't give ev- up. You can do it. You not could not everyone. have said that any more dully. Not Never every- give up. Never surrender. Not everyone can be a Matt Mercer. You gotta but be But you don't own. have to be. Yeah. And that's and that's why I like this DM tip, because everyone sees all these other podcasters and show people and and forget that all every table is different. That's not what Matt Mercer does. I'm not Matt Mercer. You know, and... and, and <laughs> Motherfucker! Now, and Matt has said this himself. Uh-huh. Don't do what I do. Do what's good for you and your team and your oh, yeah. table. And, and we say, say that a lot because I still am... Ever since I was a, a young DM in my young younger years, I always would worry and stress about whether I did a good job. 
And I still do that. And I know I'm much better than I was then, but I still have those same feelings because I always know that there's room for improvement. But that that is more, I think, of an insecurity than anything else. And I feel like if you don't have that insecurity, you won't improve. If you don't build, if you don't worry about whether you made a mistake or something like that, that's saying, oh, there's opportunity for me to improve and you'll continue to drive it. Yeah. I've seen the DM that says, I'm the best. No, you suck. <laughs> you just think you're good. I just saw a great yeah. example of this actually today because I, I joined another uh, D&D group on mm-hmm. um, Facebook. And someone had said, hey, this happened in my game today and I feel bad about it and I don't I don't know what I could have done to make it better. Uh, an assassin was trying to take out this king, right? And mm-hmm. the, this uh, honorable knight, one of the players decided to say, I'm going to stay behind and protect the king. The rest of the party chased after the assassin. And the game was like four hours, five hours long, and he just stood there the whole time, and he wasn't involved in any way. So I, I don't know what I could have done. Does anyone have any tips or anything? And it said, "Don't beat yourself up, beat yourself up over it. It happens. I was in a situation like this once. If you see something like this again, uh, throw some uh, other assassins to take out the king to keep that specific player busy and just keep him right. in the initiative. And yeah. sometimes too, let's face it, players make decisions, and sometimes." That's the consequences of their actions. <laughs> Sometimes it's death. <laughs> and and that's that's something that people forget. Like yeah. just because you don't think there's nothing for that person to do, try to think outside the box to include them in some way. Yeah. That's why I like uh levers and switches and and traps and all these things that could, you know, wave extra waves of enemy. Maybe you can hear, you know, enemies coming down the corridor. Quick, bar it up, you know. Too many for them to battle. Something. Find them something to do, yep. you know. Because um, otherwise it's bored. Or just give them control of monsters. If you're not going to let the <laughs> character do something, say, here's the stat blocks. Run them. Try to kill everybody. I guarantee you somebody will really enjoy that. <laughs> Look at the grin on his face. He's like, oh, yes. You gave me five of these? I'm going to destroy you. <laughs> And honestly, I find that players controlling monsters are far more aggressive with them than I am. Yep. So, like, every every wrongdoing that that character has suffered is now coming through, channeled to the players in the enemy's monsters. This is protecting my coin purse. Fuck you. <laughs> Remember that potion you took from me? <laughs> yep. I'm not going to throw down a rope to pull you up. All right, that'll do it for our DM tip. Every DM sucks, and that is true. No matter how great you are, you can always get better. Our player tip of the podcast is... Don't be a dick! And you can avoid dickitude <laughs> by following the Pact of the Arrow. This is fun. I can get it up on my screen here. The Arcane Archer with Pact of the Blade Warlock. Let's talk some multi-classing. The goal of this build is to build a highly versatile ranged archer class. Starting off with the fighter picking up the archery to grant the plus two bonus to hit with our ranged weapon attacks. We're off to a good start. Then we go at least three levels to gain the Arcane Archer archetype. This will allow us twice per short rest to boost our damage and help with battlefield control from other options available to us on the arcane shots. Then we're going to multi-class into Warlock to get the Pact of the Blade and take the improved pack weapon to allow us to conjure a bow that increases our attack bonus and damage by plus one. 
Now we have a plus three to hit with our attacks. This bonus is equal to a legendary magic item. You're welcome. Just to give you an idea of how potent it is. You know what's cool about this? The weapon becomes your spell fo spellcasting focus too. Now, we can now use our Warlock spell slots to cast Eldritch Smite, which then can stack with some of our Arcane Shots. To top it off, both the Arcane Shots and the Warlock slots regenerate on a short rest. Also, did we mention that it stacks with Hex on top of the bonuses you already get? Smiting Paladins, better watch out. Now, it is worth noting, there is an invocation you have to get to make the packed weapon work with the ranged bow, I think. Um, if I believe. But that's the only condition that, to this. That's a plus three on top of your proficiency and your dex mod, right? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> and I do think it's worth noting, too, that you can also swap a Battlemaster instead, as well, if you want. <laughs> yes, I could see that. I could see Battlemaster. That's a good idea. Yep. I went the Arcane Archer route because that was what I was thinking, but I hadn't even thought of that. Both work. Yep. Does, yeah, yeah, they do. I like that. They're a little bit, I think the, the they're both versatile in their own way. So yep. anyways, what do you guys think? That sounds fun because I really like the Archers. I like shooting shit. Get range smite. Especially, especially if you hit them. <laughs> range smite. Um, That's basically what this is. <laughs> time to get shot. Oh, oh, Garwin, find a plus three legendary bow on top of it and yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I do want to say that uh, if you've been following on social media, uh, the reason this is the the concept is one of the new archetypes for the wizard that I'm building for the extraordinary expeditions. They wanted to be an offensive wizard, so I decided to make it like my favorite emerald archer, and I inspired it with druidic, giving it access to some druid powers and proficiency in longbow <laughs> and shortbow, and using it as a focus for powers. So. I'm really excited to see how that goes. Um, overall, this is a really fun and straightforward tip. Is there anything you would add to that? No. It is super effective. I see what you did there. Mm -hmm. It's against type. Mm -hmm. Perfect. <laughs> shots, 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 shots. Oh, shots, of arrows. Shots, shots, shots. <laughs> All right, so that'll do it for our... <laughs> Ooh, I closed my... I think I closed tip. my... No, our, our player tip of the podcast. Yeah. Don't, Don't be, be a, a dick. dick. And you can avoid dickitude by, by being a multi dick archer. <laughs> <laughs> by doing Pact of the Arrow. <laughs> Before we close out today, we have a gift to give away. Compliments of my boy and friend, Chad Lynch. Brandon, tell them what they've won today. The RPG Fat Lou giveaway. Rescue at Griffin Craig Pass by Chad Lynch. While the party is in Ghoulport, they are enlisted to help their shipmates involved in a wreck shipwreck. How it happens, no one knows. The winner is Kid Kovash94. Hey, Brandon, what? if they didn't win, how can they enter? Uh, by being better. <laughs> if we did better, it, bitches. If we didn't win, that's not a problem or an issue. Head to CritAcademy.com and subscribe for your chance to win. It's a newsletter, right? That's all it is? Um, it's more than that. We've been uh we promote other stuff. Our blog is in there with lots of our honor tips and tricks and new stuff that I do and um keep up on the latest. There's blogs that are resources to help you better play and be a DM and all that jazz. Oh, yeah. Lots of good stuff in there. It's a lot and of good reads. There's a special prize for those in there today or this week. What? That there is. And the prize. We also are giving 
three more giveaways. That's right, three. Just make a comment in the chat before Saturday on YouTube, Twitch, or Facebook. And we'll choose one winner from each platform to win a copy. Yeah. Congratulate. We're excited. Mm -hmm. We love giving away. Thank you to Chad for giving us this opportunity. This what, what a Chad. <laughs> what a Chad. This adventure is awesome, and I'm re I'm really excited to give it away. Oh, excuse me. So, if you enjoy the show and you would want to support us, please head on over to CritAcademy.com. Follow us on social media. Please watch us on YouTube. YouTube, help the algorithm find more people like yourself so we can grow this amazing community. Because I'll tell you what, I recently streamed the building of the ra a ranger archetype, and it was so much fun. Everyone that came out, it was a blast. I got lots of great ideas. You can head on over and find the post in the, the, the channel of our YouTube that actually has a link to mm. a ranger trapper class, subclass. Um, and I'm taking feedback, so if you got ideas, come and uh, check it out and read it and give me some feedback. Comments are turned on. Please keep the comments clean. I may have to have delete more than one, because <laughs> people's are people are pile of shits, apparently. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, I'm hoping to do another one soon uh, with one of the other classes. I'm Like I said, I just decided to design the, uh, the, Emerald, uh, the Emerald Conclave tradition for... The School of the Emerald Conclave Wizard. So hopefully I'll have a playtest available for some people soon with that. All right. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Ian. I'm your co-host, Brandon. Thanks for listening. Keep your blades sharp and spells prepared, heroes. Propria, propria, proprietary. Proprietary. I, mean, I can't fucking read. Proprietary. <laughs> this is American educational system hard at work, fellas. Ladies. People. <laughs>